0: Hello, and welcome to the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. We have Coach Brad Garrett on the podcast this morning. Welcome to the podcast, Coach.
1: Hey, Coach, man, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you reached out to me on, on Twitter, and uh, I, I appreciated that. And uh, Coach, tell the a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, well, like you said, you know, Coach Brad Garrett. i um, been coaching for about 10 years. I'm a high school football coach down in South Florida, offensive coordinator at Moorhaven Middle High School. Uh, this is going to be my second year with the program. Um, so, you know, just as, as soon as as soon as high school, uh, college football got done, man, you know, it's just like what what am I going to do next? And I kind of always had the plan of you know, I think I want to coach. I want to try doing that, but you know, it's it's not as easy getting your foot in the door as, you know, one may think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of had to start at the bottom and you know, kind of volunteer at JV level and, you know, kind of do all that. And you find that that's where you, you know, you really learn a lot of the little details and the ins and outs that you normally wouldn't see that, you
0: know, I don't think a lot of people get to experience today. Yeah. Coach, talk about your playing experience. Where did you play high school and college football?
1: Well, um, I'm from a town in Florida called Bell Glade. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, are familiar with it because of the, the school, Glade Central, that's there, and they produce a lot of NFL Division I talent. But there's another um, – there's a small de- uh, private school there in Bell Glade, uh, Glade's Day. Um, you know, very successful, a uh, small program in South Florida. Um, you know, they, they won about five or six state championships in the past 20 years or so. So it's just one of those small-town, you know, tough football – programs that, you know, pride themselves on just physical, physicality and just playing hard. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what they're known for. Um, played quarterback, you know, go figure. That's, that's kind of, I think, what everybody says that <laughs> they played back in the day. But played a little quarterback, went to uh, Quincy University in Illinois. Um, ended up switching playing safety uh, from my second year through. And to be honest with you, man, that was, that was kind of when I kind of started seeing the bigger picture. You know when you're in high school, you try to teach a quarterback you know the how to read a defense and what they're doing and why you do it, but it doesn't really you're just kind of you know drawing on a board and, and and trying to get him to see something that you know he's, he may not really understand, but when I switched to that other side and saw it from the back end of why defenses do what they do man it kind of just opened up my eyes kind and it kind of started clicking like well okay and then once you start figuring that out, man, it, 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 it kind of starts to all make sense and, you know, kinda, it, it helped tremendously from that point because then you kind of saw from both sides of the ball.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I play at Trinity Christian in Jacksonville, so I definitely know who Glade's day is. Oh. Yeah, you know,
1: Trinity Christian, man, I tell you, they're tough. And it seems like, you know, you kind of sit back and wait like, man, you'd think these cats would be turning it down soon, but they are still just full throttle
0: yeah um that area of Jacksonville has exploded population wise um, yeah. and you know to be frank, the public schools around there aren't very good right so what are parents well, you look,
1: know, it's it's with well, this day and age man and 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 how kids are kind of jumping ship and kind of going where they want and switching up every other year you know the the fact that they've kind of stayed on top of the game is is it's pretty impressive and you don't you don't see that very much so Whatever they're doing, man, I I need to try to figure that out.
0: Oh shoot, man, it's all—it's you know how it is. It's a player's game, man. I mean, this is a <laughs> yeah game. Yep, that's for sure. There's a reason Nick Saban recruits, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I, you know, it's got to be—it's got to be good sitting and walking into that coach's office every day, though. I, I wouldn't—I wouldn't say you got too much stress going on.
0: Heck yeah, what, coach. What years did you play at Glades Day?
1: Uh, I played from 2000
0: to 2003. Okay, okay, I my my senior year at Trinity was 03, so I was there in 2002, 2003.
1: Okay, so you're probably pretty familiar with Fort Meade.
0: We played them in 03, yeah. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, okay, you know, it's funny. The other day I got a call about a guy recruiting some kids, and he was asking me some questions about, you know, back in the high school days, and I got kind of confused because I was like, you know, how do you know this stuff? And it turns out he was the head coach there at Fort Meade, Mike Hayd, And Oh, yeah,
0: was, I know that name.
1: So Yeah, man, so we just started talking. It was kind of like – I was kind of blown away because I was like, "What in the world?" It was just odd how it kind of happened, but you know, I was and I even asked him. I tried to pick his brain a little bit. I was like, "How did you get those cats to kind of do, you know, what they were doing?" Because for a span there, I mean, for eight or nine years straight, Glades Day would got beat by Fort Meade in the state, their regional finals or semifinals for about nine years straight, and they finally, you know, got the monkey off their back. But you you want to talk about a tough tough program, and they they were up there with the with the best of them.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's high school football in Florida is, man, you're going to play good people every week and yeah. talk a little bit about like, how do you prepare for that as a coach, like as office coordinator, like what are some things you do? Because like your talent level you're playing against is going to be really high. So like, what are some ways that you try to, I guess, balance the scales a little bit. If somebody has like a better dude than, than you got.
1: Well, you know, I think, I think, from where I'm at now to my very first year calling an offense has, has changed because, you know, I I was, I worked for a coach for 10 years. Um, You know, I came, started me, he started me out in coaching JV and, you know, I kind of tried to just follow and listen to everything he had to say, you know, uh, his name was Pete Walker. Um, You know, he just gave me my first shot. So when you're around somebody that does things a certain way and, and has success with it, you know you kind of start kind of getting feeling the same way and kind of doing things the same way so I felt myself that first year kind of trying to be you know kind of what I had been around in the past or even kind of what he had done just because that's really what I was familiar with and and I found that that caused a lot more issues than I was expecting because that's not who you are you know what I mean you're trying you're almost trying to be somebody else and and it doesn't work too well, especially in crunch time when you got to make a decision. Yeah. So when I went into my second year, I mean, I, we were, you know, 21 personnel, I formation. And I knew that, you know, the game was changing so much. And if you have athletes, you got to use them. So I knew I wanted to do, you know, stuff from the gun and open people up on defense. But, you know, I still wanted to keep that same downhill mentality. So... I kind of combined both of them and and I found that I kind of got rid of everything that I wanted to do and just started from scratch. I wanted to have this uh, group of formations and these plays and and I just kind of went from there until I built something that you know I felt comfortable with that I would it, it just flowed. So I found that once I was able to you know get that down To where it was mine. I wasn't kind of doing a bunch of things from you know, all over, I kind of just took what I felt comfortable with and new and just repped it and, and went from there. And, and being able to adapt, I think was, you know, another big thing. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you see a lot of offenses when you turn the TV on and they're going to do what they do just because that's who they are. But right. I feel like going into each week, it can, it can really determine who you're going to be, yeah. especially this year. No, we had a lot of success running the football and, and where I'm at, they were a single wing team last year, uh, the year before. So they they threw the ball five times, I think maybe all year long.
0: Oh, geez. So,
1: yeah, and, and and they had success. I mean, they had some big old guys up front. I'm talking about six two, six three, three hundred 300 pounds, and they had five or six of them in a small 1A school.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: that, that's what they did. And, and I tried to, you know, turn things, make a good difference to a shotgun spread out offense and throwing the ball around, still running it. So – you know, we had some success, but we were able to start throwing the ball around a little bit, and and, and it changed. mean one night you're running for 200 yards and throwing the ball three or four times to where the next week you're throwing 25 times and, and running 15. So, I just think each week being able to have a, a plan that allows you to do both. You know what I mean? Because it's not about how many points you're putting up. You're trying to win a football game. So, whatever you got to do to get that done is the most important thing.
0: Right. I was talking to my buddies last night and you know, I want to get your, your take on this. Cause you, you were talking about it. Like I think offensive guys sometimes get stuck and I call offense for the first time in my career last year. Um, like we're trying to score points or we're trying to like control the clock. So like, where's the balance there? Like, what do you think?
1: You know, that that's tough. Cause you know, our head coach, um, Brent Burnside him, this is our first year working together and you know, Oh, it was it was you kind of got that well what are we gonna do you know you always got in your mind like coach let's just get after it let's just let's just run it up and, and do what we got to do and let's just prove a point but when you're in the middle of a game and things maybe aren't going as as, as they should be you know then you got to start kind of you know what picking your spots and, and waiting for the right moment and choosing and you know he was really good at like let's just get this you know let's just run the football let's just get you know get some things going let's settle down a little bit and 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 once you know, when you start seeing how it plays out, man, it, I think I'm 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 on the page with that running the football and being patient is I think brings a lot more to your offense than just taking shot after shot after shot after shot because right. you know doesn't always end well.
0: Yeah, and you know, I was talking to my principal. Actually, was like, hey, maybe like this year we should go fast. And I was like, well, I'm thinking to myself, if if we go fast, that's a three and out. That's really you know, that's a bad thing,
1: you know? Well, you know, we've – we've and especially shotgun spread offense, everybody's thinking tempo, you know, you got to go, you got to go. And, 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 yeah, that can put some stress on the defense. But our situation is difficult. We're a small school. We don't have 70, 80 kids in offense and a defense. So, we've got 35, 40 kids where a majority of them play both ways. So, you get an offense day and a defense day. So on the days that you get to go through the offense, you got to make sure that what you're doing is 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 being ran the way it should be. The kids know what they're doing. There's no mistakes. If you get a different front, than maybe you're expecting that the kids got to be able to adjust. And I just think if you're if you're repping a whole bunch of other things, so you can go fast or you can throw the ball all over the yard and 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 kind of limit yourself, I think it makes it hard for an offense to to have success.
0: Yeah, I mean, talk about your practice philosophy. Like, so you get, you say you get, like get an offensive day. So, like, do you only get to practice offense like one day a week? Is that how y'all do it?
1: Yeah, you know, we, um, Mondays is our, our days that we try to re- review film. We try to give them off uh, on a Saturday, the weekend after playing a game. So, we'll bring them in, watch some film. After that, you know, we, we try to take them outside and start giving them what, the game plan of what we're going to try to do, you know, little walkthrough stuff, show them what they're going to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what what coverage so we try to go through that and then you know either a Tuesday or Wednesday depending on you know whatever works out for us we'll, we'll go strictly offense and and where from the very first practice when we start individual it's 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 offensive individual um, working on you know little everyday drills and then we try to get into some inside run some seven on seven and some team you know we we, we try to find that happy medium to where we're getting after it pushing them we're being physical we're getting stuff done but at the same time trying to not overdo it to where when Friday night gets there these kids ain't got nothing left in the tank yeah so trying to find that fine line of being physical and and getting them to just be mean and get after it is is it's getting a little more difficult because I don't think anybody has the answer so you know we, we try to do as much as we can without overdoing it that day
0: yeah, and that's you know we're the same spot. I mean, how many kids are in your high school, coach? Uh, Four hundred, five hundred. Yeah, we're like seven hundred, but it's we're really like forty kids, thirty five right. kids. Um, you know, and that's that's always like I'm I've, I've, ta- I've talked to a lot of coaches. I'm trying to get wisdom of like how are you physical in practice, but you have something in the tank for Friday nights. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and and that's in. And, and see, I try to I try to take a lot. My high school coaches I thought were just jam up. I mean, I have the most respect for those guys, and it's really kind of what I why I got into coaching football. And and they always you know took twenty five to thirty guys. That because our, our I mean, I graduated with thirty five kids in high school as a senior. Uh, yeah. So I mean, we had we if we had thirty kids out there dressed, man. We 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 thought we were you know doing something, but they always found a way to make practice physical and tough and and they demanded things out of us and then on Friday night it's you weren't worried about what was in the tank you know what I mean and and you know experiencing that is just you try to do that nowadays and it's just I don't know it seems like I don't know if there if there is a right answer you know what I mean just I feel like if you if if they're more prepared mentally nowadays it, it, it may be more beneficial than are they ready physically so
0: Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't talk about that.
1: But I mean, you know, it, it's, it's tough. I guess everybody's different. I just, I just feel like you want your kids to play fast. You know what I'm saying? And either he's going to get after it or he's not. I mean, you're either built that way or, or you're not. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if, if if you're if you got a guy that knows what he's doing, that can make adjustments if he sees something different and he knows what to do, where to go, who he's going to get, and he can do it without thinking, then you're going to get a lot more success than just somebody that can come off the ball hard because there, there can be a lot of, of of crud going on that won't help you out any.
0: Yeah, like I tell guys all the time, uh, you know, it's, it's expected you play hard, but if you go a million miles an hour in the wrong direction, you're actually hurting us more than you're helping us. Uh.
1: Yeah, I mean – especially uh, the O-line, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you yeah. de- you de- you're expecting those guys to, you know, play hard and work together and know what to do. But, you know, you got one guy that's off a little bit, man. It, it can make some things ugly.
0: Yeah, I mean, we I – was, I was talking to my coaching staff yesterday, and, you know, we were looking at, like, what plays we had success with last year. It's only really about five, six plays. Because um, like you were talking about, you guys play both ways you know, and what are you going to be good at? And then, right. you know, it's like, I guess the 10,000 hour rule, like you have to spend so much time at it to be good at it. Cause we can have it on the call sheet, but it doesn't mean we're good at it. Um, so talk about your philosophy on it. Like how many, like play, how many plays you carry and like, how do you practice them? Things of that nature. Uh,
1: woof. Well, you know, I, I'm, 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 I've, I'm pretty bad at when you look at my call sheet, man, it looks like it's just, everything on there and it's just I think I kind of do it just for my own to to calm myself down just because so I feel like I have something to go to but I I found that we go into the season with four runs four or five runs tops now what I found is out of those four or five runs we can run it out of probably 10-15 different formations but we keep the rules the same as best we can Um, Now, of course, if you get in a little bit of different personnel, like a fullback and a a tight end, some things are going to change. But I try to go in with four or five runs that the rules aren't going to change depending on what we come out in. That way those guys understand what we're doing and and are more confident and can play faster. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and that's, you know, when you talk about like four or five runs, are you like a zone read guy? Are you like a gap scheme? Do you carry both? What's your philosophy on that?
1: You know, um, we, we we try to – every, everything we put in run game-wise, I try to have a read off of it. Now, it's not where our quarterback is just, you know, hey, if it's not there, just go with it. Like, he's going to really read that backside end. Um, you know, we run some inside zone. We run a little jet sweep. But we're a lot of – we're power counter trap. I just try to keep a read off of it just because it it, it lets us account for that one – that one guy on defense so if they want to bring an extra guy we're good because we're always going to read one person and I found that just kind of that just that always takes one guy out of the equation kind of makes things a little bit easier so we, we we will gap scheme it we run a little bit of zone but we're going to try to read at least one guy on every run play just to you know give
0: ourselves a chance right so like are you you like RPOs is that kind of your one of your things
1: and you know, I don't really know where I'm at with RPOs. I, I see it everywhere, and and it's really, it's really tempting. It is, man. You watch Alabama do it, and and, and it, it, it puts some stress on a defense. But I don't think people realize how tough RPOs really they are. You know what I mean? It, it's different from zone reading it, where you're reading an end on give it or or, or pull it. And then now you're giving, pulling, or you're throwing downfield. And things are happening so fast, and guys are moving, and heck, even some kids don't even know what they're doing out there, so they're going to confuse you even more on defense. If if you're like us and you get one day a week to work on your side of the ball, you better make sure that you're up to date on what you want to get accomplished. And if you're a running team, well – you better make sure that those double teams and you can double and scrape and, and you're physical and you can get to a linebacker the second level. You better be good you're doing that first instead of, you know, reading the linebacker to throw it out there. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, and man, you hit it on the head. I think, like, in high school, we see some junkyard dog defenses, man. Like, not, like, in the sense of, like, they're, like, really good, but the sense of, you're like what are they playing <laughs> yeah and that's
1: and that's what I mean listen you don't know how many times I've sat on huddle and and just hit rewind and playback and playback, trying to figure out what is going on on defense because it looks like this side's playing cover two you know this side over here look this corner's playing deep third but then you got you know a line, the linebackers are playing man to man so it's almost a guessing game you know you really don't you really don't know what you're going to get and and my biggest thing is when when we come out and break the huddle, I want to be physical. Like I wanna run the ball right at you. I want to wear a defense out. I want to impose our will on whoever we're playing. And I and I just think that the RPO stuff is can it put some stress on the defense? Yeah. Can can it can it hurt some some teams? Yeah, but there, I don't think there's anything like just calling a play and, and watching that offensive line just manhandle the front and just move them out of the way and you're just getting five ten yards a a play it's just it just I think it just does something to a team you know what I
0: mean yeah and you know the RPO stuff too I I was listening to Steve Sarkeesian talking a clip you know sometimes your quarterback will get a little greedy and just start throwing the ball out there when you really just want to run the football at that point oh yeah
1: I mean I think anybody that that is has the responsibility of calling plays wants to run the football you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of bad things, especially in high school, that can happen if you're trying to throw it every single down. I mean, it's it's tough enough to get a kid to read a backside end um, when he's going to give
0: it and pull it. Now
1: you're asking him to do that and throw the ball across the middle or downfield. It's it's not always going to end well.
0: Yeah. You know, we were, we were talking yesterday about, like, passing game, too, and I want to get your thoughts on this. So, like, do you think a high school should have – like, a, not, a, not a lot of plays, but a decent amount of plays, for like, intermediate passing game? Because, I mean, we find that to be really difficult.
1: Yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, You know, before I got the, uh, became an offensive coordinator, I was always like, you know what, if I get a chance to call plays, man, I'm going to throw the ball all over the yard, and, and I'm just going to try to just let it go every single play because – you know, that I played quarterback in high school and I always wanted to throw it all over the place. So that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, once you start getting that chance to call plays and and you're trying to put your team in the best situation, you find that you got to do what, what is he, you know, either helps you or uh, can kind of get you to weather the storm. And, and and I think that it kind of changes. I mean, if you got to get a bunch of guys that can take it over the top, then, you know, by all means, let it go. But I think that, Working the ball in the media game, I, th- I think that really – that can add another element to your offense that's tough to stop. And, and I think that being able to do that and, and setting it up with play action or, you know, roll out, it, it can be huge for an offense because that's just something else they have to prepare for.
0: Yeah, I think the intermediate passing game, like the digs and the – Yeah. Uh, you know, it has to be like off play action or, or I can go wide cross stuff, like movement. Yep. I can't drop that, protect that for <laughs> – Three to four, you know what I mean. That's hard, right?
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, listen, I'm am a huge fan of the snag concept. You know, we really try to implement that. Uh Dig wheels, I think, have been were huge for us this year, and and we didn't have a lot of success on drop back or quick game. It was we were getting we were final about a lot of big plays work for us when we were getting that mesh in the backfield with our running with our run running backs and or rolling out just because gets that defense to pause a little bit if you're just straight drop back you know it turns into seven on seven in practice those guys aren't even worried about run fits they're just straight dropping to their zones and it kind of it makes things more difficult on a quarterback
0: yeah and, you know I think you know two by two three by one you know the the air raid stuff I think it used to be something people struggle with but that's what people see all summer now I mean maybe not this summer but you know
1: like listen when 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 the, this season started, you know, I was big on 11 personnel, having an H back, but still having guys on the edge that could, you know, take the top off the of defense. And and you found that a lot more teams were comfortable in playing too high and, and and doing those things. And when we started going to the old high school formation kind of concept, but doing it out of shotgun with a tight end and a fullback and doing the old school power passes and, and counter boots and all that, like teams didn't really. Couldn't figure it out, man, because they weren't used to it. You know what I'm saying? They were used to seeing two-by-two two or empty, and, and that's what they felt good with. So when they saw, you know, 21 personnel and you were running the uh, what, Y banana stuff and all that, like, it, it caused some issues for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, we see a nub tied in. We have to spend, like, ten minutes, you know, cause <laughs> yeah. we don't see that a whole lot. You know, right.
1: Yeah. And if you got one that can block and, you know, run and catch the football, you know, you had an element that, that I think they'll do more for you than being able to be in a trips formation. And, and just because it gives that threat of another guy in the box to run the football and that, that can, that can go downfield and make plays. So it's just it, putting stress on the defense is really what you want to do. And, and being able to do that in formations that you don't have to keep changing guys out. I think is huge for an offense.
0: Yeah, I mean, talking talk about defense, talk about, like, what defense gives you the most issues? Like, what t- style of defense is, man, that, that's something I really got to prepare for.
1: You know, we, we we see a lot of too high stuff, but every now and then we'll see a defense that just says, you know what, they're going to do what they do. It um, doesn't matter what we do on offense, I mean, on defense. So we're just got to try to stop them. So when they start getting, locking people up and bringing those extra defenders in the box and, and keeping – a guy backside to kind of watch that quarterback where he's not really committing to him. He's just kind of waiting for him to decide what he's going to do with the football. And then he attacks. Um, that's where we, we get the most uh, trouble with uh, are those kind of defenses. Cause they just, it brings extra guys in the box where we're trying to read one of them, you know, and he's not really, you know, making things easier for us by just attacking something. He's kind of sitting back until we decide what we're going to do, and then they go. It just it puts a lot of stress, especially on a quarterback that doesn't get a lot of reps in practice because, you know, you don't get those right. days to do it. So guys that, that stack the box, lock people up on the outside, and kind of, you know, have you just ding and dunk them is, is what we find to be a little more stressful for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, we – golly, for about three years, we were a big RPO team. Mm-hmm. I went away from that last year because uh, – RPO is dead if you play man so I mean like, yep. you get, you're gonna read who you gonna read like you can't yep. I read I mean they're they're a man-to-man if they're yep. doing what they're supposed to do right and then it's just, now it's just a handoff read game um, mm-hmm. we got into trouble where like people were making our quarterback give it and they were just better inside than we were so, yeah you know really?
1: What, what, what really affected us, I think is, you know, our quarterback wasn't going to gash you with his legs. Now he, he, he could make us get us some plays and, and, and move the sticks, but he wasn't a a Vic, a Mike Vic type or, you know, somebody like that. So they knew that if the ball was in his hands, they could, they could limit some things. Um, So when the, the front started slanting and, what we saw a lot of was they would, they would line up, um, you know, when we broke the huddle and got into our, our formation. And then as our quarterback started our cadence, they would start shifting. Once we started seeing shifting, you know, that really just does something because now you get you, – you kind of bring that attention from our linemen to what they're doing to what's happening in front of them. Yeah. You guys, guys moving and shifting and slanting and sliding, that really that, – that can throw – that throws an offense off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, you know, for us, our blocking schemes are so – I guess simple, like we're going to be yeah. down, down a reach basically. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that helps with some of that. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, man, it's tough. You know, I, I um, you, 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 you try to give your offense the best chance to be successful based off what you got. You got a bunch of big, strong guys up front. Then you would think that doubling them, doubling with somebody else is, is easier, but it just, I guess, it just kind of depends on what you're, what you're seeing, how they what look they're going to give you. If they're going to stay in a three-four and and just keep three down linemen, then you, you know, you can get out and zone and, and stretch and reach a little bit. But if they're going to bring guys into the box and walk them up on the line, man, I think that doubling and getting those guys out of there, uh, you know, helps you more on offense.
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, it's people. It's interesting. People talk about double teams. or Do you double? Do you not? You know, set of emphasis. Uh, you know, I, I like that. that's good, coach. Listen, double. I we,
1: we I have started to get into this duo stuff. I don't know if you've heard much about it, but duo is basically what we do. I mean, we run inside zone. You're still doubling. You don't, you don't really necessarily doubling like you would on double and scrape. You're more doubling to an area, not doubling to people. Right. But this duo stuff, man, is, is it's pretty much power and, and blast without the pulling guy or leading up on a fullback. And, and, I, and I find that if you can get somebody to, to work on one guy up to the next level, man, I'm a huge double-team fan. That's a, that's really what we do. We do double-team. Even though we do call it inside zone, we're still doubling those guys out of there as, as best we can.
0: Man, duo is like a cult, man. People are I'm, all into that thing.
1: I'm telling you, once you get your little taste of it and you start reading it, man, it's like, well, all right, I got to find something else. Let me, let me see what else I can find because this- – it's you try to go in and find something all right what's going to help us and gives us the best chance to win and, and when you start seeing double teams i mean you can't get any better than the double teams of two guys on one so i think when whenever you get introduced to that it kind of opens your eyes like man maybe i don't need to do all this extra fancy and all these extra flat steps because you know it takes time you gotta at our level you gotta be able to rep something and, and, and be fast at it and limit the thinking and, and i think just simple double team Postman, drive man. I think that's the easiest thing you could do.
0: Yeah, coach. Coach, as we we wrap this thing up, give the listener a nugget as a coach. Like, what is something that you wish you knew when you you know first got into this thing?
1: Ah, oh, man. I think just being the best assistant coach you can be. I, I know a lot of people are waiting for you know the next big move or the next the next big thing, but I think that just planting yourself into where you're at and just learning and, and doing whatever you got to do not to to better yourself but just better everybody i think is huge because it's all about assistance and coaching staff you know what i mean that that that's one thing i've learned that you can have all the players in the world you can run the, the the best offense but if you got guys around you that are that are in that that are buy that buy in that that are down for the cause that you know, do whatever they got to do to make sure they are improving this team. I I think that that's huge. Instead of worrying about, man, I can't wait for this to happen or this to happen. I just think being grounded where you're at and just taking advantage of it and doing the best you can, man, is is probably the best advice I can give.
0: Coach, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. That's awesome. Thank you for coming on and doing this with me, my man. Hey,
1: man, thank you very much for having me.